Welcome to Bitcoin Center Radio, recorded live from downtown Miami's expanding business district. And welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Bitcoin Center Miami radio podcast. Today is May 20th, 2020, and we are here with a very special guest to bring you the first podcast episode post-having. We are joined again by our good friend and colleague, Johnny Dollar. For those of you guys who don't know, Johnny is an artist who focuses on themes of privacy, surveillance, copyright, hive mind thinking, virtual reality, and identity. Johnny, thank you so much for uh, coming back for round two here on the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Good to be back. Good to be back. Glad to have you back. Johnny was actually the first ever guest we had on the podcast, so definitely, definitely glad to have you back, bud. How have you been in a post-corona world, man? You know, uh, like most, been in lockdown, but uh, trying to make the most of it. Trying to make the most of it, doing as much as I can virtually. Just this weekend, I was part of the virtual Rare Art Festival. Uh, it was the third annual Rare Art Festival, and we did it virtually. And uh, that's really just mostly the crypto art, tokenized art. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was a three day event. It was really cool. Lots of uh, lots of minds, lots of people in the space getting together, and I'm really excited to where the where the space is going. So it's really cool. Nice man. Yeah, I think the the quarantine fatigue is starting to set in, but the whole this whole shift has kind of really highlighted the importance of the digital, the ability to connect digitally, and doing the virtual conferences, and you know bringing people content online without being physically present. It's, it's kind of crazy how, how quickly things shifted over. Absolutely. And um, people are, you know, collecting this digital art online. A lot of people got their Trump bucks, their supplement money, and uh, yeah, they spent it on collectibles. And a lot of people had time to deep dive and learn not just about crypto art, but just about crypto in general. Right. There's been a, just a huge uptick. Really, all this money inflating the market. I've heard, uh, I had a relative who, you know, is uh, in their, you know, 50s talk about, yeah, Bitcoin's really positioned well. Crypto, I was kind of shocked, you know, and (laughs) they're like, yeah, they're talking about inflation. They're just saying, yeah, this is is a real winner, you know. And they kind of mentioned, you know, like a big name's getting into it and it'll really take off. I didn't really want to correct them, and I was just like <laughs> nodding my head, just impressed that they were even talking about right. it on their radar. Yeah, they get it. You know, it's it. You don't need a, a degree in economics to know when the money printer goes burr that you know, hundred and twenty-five billion dollars a day. I think we just borrowed another three trillion with a T. And you know that the Fed is—they're not even trying to hide it. They've come out and just straight up said. We have unlimited money. We'll stop at nothing. It's QE forever. It absolutely dwarfs what we were doing back in 08, back in 09. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's really unfathomable. Because, I mean, you said, like you said, trillion with a T. Right. These are, aren't numbers. I can't, I can't really comprehend these numbers. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, you yeah. know, it's a big number. I don't I don't know what that means. But then, like, when people start talking about, oh, all the gold in the world at current market value equals something like 14, 15 trillion, all the gold ever mined out of the ground. I'm like, going, oh, that kind of puts it in perspective. That's yeah. a whole lot of money. 
Yeah. Good for crypto. We're used to hearing billion, you know, with a B tossed around. But yeah, as soon as you start throwing around the T word there, trillions, you can't even wrap your head around. You know, there's not even a, a trillionaire today, at least in 2020. I know everyone's screaming, oh, Jeff Bezos is going to be the, the first trillionaire, the first trillionaire. Satoshi Nakamoto is going to be the first trillionaire, uh, whether people like it or not. But Satoshi will definitely be a trillionaire before Jeff Bezos, in, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, and I mean, I think when we start getting to that point, we're not going to talk about dollars because it'll be a million dollars to buy a loaf of bread. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. we'll go Zimbabwe-level money. So, And that's, that's really the talk. Like I said, from non-crypto people are talking about it like this because they get it. We're in a really strange place right now economically. And, you know, everyone knows this, but... Yeah, it, it's so strange. It, it's it's bizarro world, really. You know, um, everyone's getting money. A lot of people are, aren't working, and they're just collecting more money than they would have working. I don't know. I'm not trying to judge that as good or bad. More, it's just what's the long term implication of that. Absolutely, man. It's the twilight zone for sure. And like, I know some friends personally, man, that are making more sitting on their couch, not working, than they were grinding away at, at two, sometimes three jobs a week. So uh, when you pay people more to sit on the couch and just watch Netflix all day, it kind of takes the incentive out of the capitalism, out of the system, it seems. Yeah. And, and how could they go back to working for, you know, working hard to make less? Are we going to have to raise, on a, you know, the minimum wage, quadruple it, double it, triple it, you know? I don't know, man. I mean, stacks for Satoshis. Really, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, you know, a few months ago, everyone was laughing Andrew Yang out of the door when he was talking about giving Americans a monthly check for universal basic income. And now people get that one taste of that free 1200 and everyone's screaming, where's my next check? Where's my next 1200 it, It's just so funny how quickly the entire sentiment can shift with the economic situation. It blows my mind. It, and yeah, it's true. And you know, the, the, the funny part is, or the, the sad part is, most of this money is going to big corporations. Oh yeah. And they're just flat out taking it and people don't care because they got paid off with 1200 bucks. So like, oh, whatever. It just, I mean, it just shows all the cracks in this entire system we have, like are being exposed. And anyone that's paying attention sees it, you know? Yep. So really, I don't, I don't know about you if, if you put any of your stimulus money into crypto, but I think it's not a bad move if someone did, you know? Not a bad idea at all, man. I've definitely seen a ton of screenshots of people doing exact purchases for $1,200 for crypto. And, you know, I definitely want to talk about Bitcoin uh, a, a lot today. And I, I really respect your opinion on it. You know, as, as someone who's been around the space for a while, you know, we, we just had the third having ever, you know, the block reward is, is no longer 12.5 Bitcoin every, you know, approximately 10 minutes. It's now only 6.25 Bitcoin approximately every 10 minutes. And I mean, there's a few things I want to talk about. One thing I'm a little worried about is the Bitcoin difficulty. So yesterday, 
we just had a, a Bitcoin difficulty adjustment. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know, every two weeks, the difficulty of the network adjusts. So that way a block can be found almost exactly every 10 minutes. That's, that's the way it was designed. That's the way it was programmed. That's the way it's intended for a block to be mined every 10 minutes. So if there's too many miners putting too much hash power onto the network, there's going to be a block found quicker than every 10 minutes. And then every, you know, if that keeps happening every two weeks, the difficulty will increase to, you know, help bring that down. But if a bunch of miners are dropping off of the network, which is what we're seeing now, then the difficulty uh, goes downward. Because as of right now, we're only at about 70, 80% of where we should be. So the difficulty just adjusted yesterday. We should have found about 120 blocks by now. We're roughly 25 blocks behind. So we've only found 94 blocks. We should have found 120. So it's looking like miners are continuing to pull off the network. And I mean, this, this makes sense. You know, the having only happens every four years. It definitely pushes and forces out any small to even, I would say, uh, medium-sized operations that were basically operating at a break-even point. You know, it forces them to drop out of the network. But I, I just want to get your take on this, Johnny. Uh, is it something that worries you? Do you think it'll just work itself out as, as the code intended? Do you see, you know, the minor capitulation theory coming back into play here at all? I firmly believe it'll work itself out. But in the meantime, this is a shaky moment. Every having is different. You know, people often want to predict the future with the past. But in, in blockchain and Bitcoin, the history, we don't have that much history. So when everyone, everybody always wants to tell the future, you know, I really believe in the market. You know, I believe like the miner will figure this out based on, you know, it'll adjust. It might be a rough couple of weeks. The next difficulty adjustment will work it out, but the market will adjust. They, they will find the proper profitability. Now, I, when you say you're worried, are you worried about the security of the network or the price? No, or? I'm not. I'm not worried about the security of the network at all. I guess the the main concern would be are miners going to dump, and then I guess secondary, if not even a bigger concern, is is more and more hash power now going to be consolidated in China? You know, as we know, China already has the overwhelming majority of the hash rate globally. I'm just kind of afraid that this is going to, the having really did knock out all the small players that were just clinging to that last little bit of profitability. And now you, you essentially need a large scale operation to profitably mine Bitcoin, or you need a warehouse located next to a dam essentially. And, you know, that's a big reason why there's so much mining power concentrated in China. So I would say those are the two biggest concerns I have as a, as a miner dump, you know, as these guys can't even really sell their old machines now, are they just going to dump their coins? And then B, you know, is mining power going to concentrate in China even more? I do not think it will. Honestly, I think there's a lot of ways they can mine. I've heard about a lot of facilities, you know, opening up profitably in Texas, as well as mm. Iceland, where they have the geothermal. You know, Iceland should just be cranking out the mining. Uh, and, you know, there's, you know, I don't want to 
speak of things I don't fully understand or have the exact numbers. But I will say that a lot of people speak about this and they don't have the exact numbers. Because when we talk about the, the number in China, it's often mining pools that are getting right. hash power from all over the world. It's just getting collected in China, for example. Yep. You know, as, as most, as, as, uh, as the listener might not know, you know, a mining pool is where, you know, it used to be people could mine with their machine and get the reward, find a block all by themselves. Now that's difficult. So everyone pulls together their resources from around the world. And when they find a block, they divide it up between them, depending on how much hash power they contributed to that pool. But those pools, like I said, are all, you know, they might be in China, but the people, you know, funding them, you know, uh, providing hash power could be all over the world. Right. Now, a lot of people are stealing electricity. No one ever wants to talk about that. You know, they might have a, free electricity at their, you know, at their place of work or plug it into, you know, the, the power grid. Um, there's a ton of excess electricity. I mean, the way electricity works is, you know, it's, it's generated. In, I mean, we don't really store it. So like there's excess electricity from nuclear power plants, all kinds of places. Um, I think the market will solve this, Matt. So I guess launch to summarize it. I think this is very temporary. I believe um, the beauty of Bitcoin is it allows for the market to solve these problems. It'll seem bad because in crypto, you know, a day or a week seems like a month or a year when really, you know, you know, it, it'll solve itself relatively quickly. Right. And, th- and that's, that's the beauty of it. There's no central... Authority. There's no Federal Reserve. There's no freaking Jerome Powell of Bitcoin that can just print, you know, millions out of thin air. The rules are governed by the code and by the consensus of the network. And there's a huge financial incentive for, you know, the miners to act in the best interest of the network. And, you know, I'm glad you bring up Texas. Um, so layer one is a relatively new Bitcoin mining startup. Uh, They're actually backed by Peter Thiel, you know, the legendary investor. I think he actually funded it to the tune of, I want to say hundreds of millions of dollars, if my math is correct. But layer one is basically saying they want to claim and take, take back 25 to if not 30% of the global hash rate. So I think that would be huge if they can actually get it done. I don't know if they'll be able to do that within just one year, take back that much hash rate, but I think it's great for America. It's great for Texas. It's great for kind of just balancing out, you know, the global scales there. I mean, it's great for the world. I yeah. mean, we need this as decentralized as possible. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an American, proud American, but I don't want all the hash power here. I want right. it, you know, you know, distributed, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. No, that's exciting. No, and that's good to hear Peter Seals doing that because this isn't one of his altruistic projects, I would imagine. He believes it's going to work and make him money, you know, because this is profitable, you know, right. that's great. He, that's great. He wouldn't be putting up so many millions of dollars if he didn't believe in it. So definitely just, you know, helps add even more legitimacy to the space, you know, Peter Thiel very, very respected, you know, legendary investors. So I think, like you said, it's great for the world, you know, overall. It's, it's amazing for the, the bigger global picture of Bitcoin. 
That brings me to the next thing I, I really want to talk to you about, Johnny. So something pretty tremendous happened today. People are freaking out about it a little bit. They say that the little mini dump that just happened occurred because of this. So 50 Bitcoins that have not been touched since February 9th of 2009 actually got moved around today. So this sent a little panic wave through the market. People were thinking that it could potentially be Satoshi. Now, the crazy thing about this is the Genesis block was mined on January 3rd, 2009, right? But the coins that moved today were last touched on February 9th. 2009. So basically, you know, only a month after the Genesis block now. Am I thinking this is Satoshi? Maybe, maybe not, but really it only can be like a handful of people that have access to coins this old. Uh literally the first month of Bitcoin's existence. So Johnny, I definitely want to get your take on this. I've heard so many different theories on it. Do you think it's Satoshi, you know, just kicking around some dust, moving 50, 50 coins of his, you know, million, just to say, I'm uh, still know, here, I'm still I, I, I don't think it is. Well, it wasn't Satoshi's wallet, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It was another, a lot of the wallet we think is Satoshi. Right. So I think it's just original. an early minor wallet, not... Satoshi's actual, you know, million coins themselves, but still a very, I mean, very do, early. Yes. Do you think it was a power move to move the market to buy more? Do you think it was somebody, hey, it was like, hey, I just want to buy a new Mercedes. Let me get 50K. The, you, you know, USD. Yeah. The, th- the theory I'm latching onto, the theory I'm liking the most is this is a fuck you to Craig Wright. It's a fuck you to Craig Wrong. For those of you guys unfamiliar, Craig Wright has been basically claiming for years that he's Satoshi. It's an ongoing legal battle that has drawn out for years. So the, the address that the, the coins actually moved from, Craig Wright claimed to own them, but they were, you know, lo- quote, locked outside of his control, a.k.a., you know, part of the Tulip Trust. So I think this is an old miner just calling Craig out, calling Craig's bluff, saying, dude, these aren't your coins. They've never have been your coins. They never will be your coins. I'm going to move and shuffle the coins around to prove that they're not yours. So I kind of like this explanation the most. Now, if we ever figure this out, I don't even know. It might take some time, but I definitely am, am given some merit to this theory that it's just, you know, calling out Craig Wright's bluff. You know, that's interesting. I am not as passionate with the... Craig Wright, as <laughs> many are, like so. No, I, I get it, but just to, so, I, so I, just so I know, Craig Wright was around back then. Like he was among that handful who were mining Bitcoin at the time. Uh, so. Definitely early on. I don't know if it was a month after the Genesis block. He's definitely been around the block a long time, but I don't know the exact date of his involvement with Bitcoin. And I'm not sure if it would have been, you know, only a month after the Genesis block itself was mine. Wasn't he one of the guys that were like looking at the paper and talking like, because Satoshi announced he was going to mine before he had mined, you know, like Mm -hmm. to just, so no, you're probably right. You know, uh, because, 
the passion you have about this is really in a lot of people. A lot of people are very vehemently anti-Craig Wright and would like to give him a big fuck you. Right. So that is a that is a plausible theory. I don't know. I I uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I so, mean, I. Ah, so, but, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go, no, go ahead. Because, like I said, I you uh, you just told me I did, I wasn't aware of this till you know. I guess this just happened earlier today. This just happened today, so, May twentieth. We're we're breaking the story on the same day it happened to you guys now. If it was Satoshi, why would he only move fifty coins? It, you know, if you're if you're gonna show people that you're Satoshi, uh, you know, I could see moving maybe a few thousand, a few ten thousand, a few hundred thousand. But you know, if you made a transaction that big of you know hundreds of thousands of coins, that would definitely cause a panic in the market. Well, you know, really, if it was Satoshi, they he all he has to do is sign a message. From right. that original address. Exactly. Like he, he doesn't, doesn't even, even need he, to. He, he can, yeah, he can move one Satoshi, you know, just <laughs> nothing. And it would freak out the market. Right. So, yeah, I don't think it's Satoshi. I mean, I think Satoshi, if Satoshi wants to let it be known, he can just write a message. I'm pretty sure he's sharp enough to stay do it anonymously. Although there are a lot of eyes on that uh, that address. Interesting. Interesting. Wow, no, that's cool. That's cool. So where do you think that's going to take the market in the future? Or do you think this is just a blip shakeup of the market? It, this is a nothing burger, man. I mean, we've been consolidating in this 9,000 range for quite some time now. I mean, even if you want to say these 50 coins moving caused a dump, it was such a baby dump from, what, 9.7 to... 9.2 and you know we're already back to 9.5 9.6 that's, um, that's a typical day in, in bitcoin that's not a not even a roller coaster ride right. really this is just an average wednesday a little sleepy <laughs> wednesday and i i definitely want to get your opinion on the price man i mean it's no doubt that what has happened is absolutely tremendous you know we know the the death dump where we drop from, you know, 8,000 to 3.8K. We, we've basically re retraced that entire dump. You know, we've made a few little baby rallies above 10,000. Now, you know, we haven't been able to actually close and hold above 10,000, and we haven't been able to get over 10,500. But, I mean, where do you think this is headed, man? I mean... Things are pretty, I'm not going to lie, things are pretty fucking bullish right now. Even, they are bullish. They are, they even, are bullish. Even with the death drop, you know, a week ago, when we plummeted 20% in one day from 10,000 to 8,000, again, we've basically erased all of those losses. We've retraced that entire dump, essentially. So well, I just want to... Keep wanna, in mind, weren't we at 14K this summer? Uh, yeah, last summer. Yeah, not this summer, but... Yeah, thir I mean, 13.8K was absolutely no joke. So that was back in July of 2019. 2019? Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, all honesty, honestly, I don't focus on, I mean, actually, I care about the price, but I don't focus on it as much because I realize we're still, we haven't fully decoupled from finance 1.0. 
And that's like we talked about earlier in this crazy state of flux. So, I mean, Bitcoin is doing so well against all other world currencies that are, you know, inflating, but we're, we're measuring it against the dollar, which is going to be one of the last chips to fall of, of the fiat world. Right. So that being said, I think we're talking about the money tr- printer going burr, another, <laughs> I don't know, quadrazillion, some numbers <laughs> I don't even know going to be printed. So what does Bitcoin do? You know, I think personally, I think we're, we, we're still kind of attached to the, the stock market slightly. I think we might have another dip. We could probably hit, we could hit six again. I wouldn't freak out. Because Bitcoin is a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin. Right. Sooner than later, once we start to take off, it's going to get crazy. Like, I wouldn't sell any Bitcoin personally, you know, not financial advice. You know, if you want to take financial advice from a, an artist named Johnny Dollar, you know, that's at your peril, you know, dear <laughs> listener. Um, but me personally, you know, I have, a, I have a bit set aside in case there's a dip. But I'm not selling Bitcoin to try to, you know, time the market by no means. I do believe, you know, that we, yeah, you know, we can, stuff happens. Like we're we're in a crazy world. Something can happen and people have to sell. But, you know, honestly, I'm bullish. I'm bullish, you know, but I do know how this market is. We could have a quick dip trip to like 6,000 and pop back up to 12. Right. Um, but I'm a firm believer, you know, before you jump, you got to kind of bend your knees downward and then launch upward. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel Bitcoin. That's a really great analogy, man. Um, I think people are slowly starting to figure out that approximately 88% of all the coins have already been mined. Now, you know, we know the last coin is not going to be mined until 2140, but a lot of people holding Bitcoin today share a similar mindset to you and I. They're not letting go. They're not selling. You know, the exit plan here is death. We're hodling for life, guys. Sorry, these coins are not getting sold. And it's really going to become kind of a panic scramble over the last few million coins. You know, be in mind over the next, what, 120 years approximately? And especially when you, you study the, the macro picture, man. Just runaway zombie economy backed by nothing. You know, the stock market is completely detached from reality right now. You have over 30 million people unemployed. People aren't paying rent. They're not making money. They're sitting around waiting on a handout. Consumer spending is down. Even if you could wave a magic wand... And we, you know, throw the balloons up, hey, grand reopening. It's not like everything's going to return to pre-corona levels. It's going to be a slow build back up. And then especially when you look at what the Fed is doing, there's nothing that really makes more sense in today's world than Bitcoin. If you're sitting on cash, you're losing money with each passing day as the Fed prints more and more. They take away your purchasing power. The new normal is going to be a $30, a $40 lunch. I don't see a situation in which we're able to avoid hyperinflation at all. Oh, I I 100% agree with you. Now, the question is, so you were talking about Bitcoin and holding for life. 
I'm personally an adopter. I spend my Bitcoin. I have my stash. Well, on a day to day, you know, I will make purchases with Bitcoin. Right. And but I do believe one day Bitcoin, one Bitcoin will buy me a house. Like I will buy a house with a bit. I'll buy a car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's yeah. I mean that's coming. Like really, it's it's money. You know, I mean I have to spend it because you know, man, you can't eat a Bitcoin, you can't <laughs> smoke a Bitcoin, and you also can't sneeze on a Bitcoin. So that's another plus about it. That, exactly. You know? Exactly. Now Bitcoin, like digital money, is coming. Just on a whole other level, the, the ability to, to transfer value across country, across the world, mm. into space. I mean, and I mean, that's like, it's funny, it's not even far-fetched. Because, you know, there's there's a ton of companies. Actually, I spoke with a guy, uh, you know, I, I guess I should name the company, but yeah, they, they send cargo into space. And I was like, really? Now, Wikipedia, I knew the guy for years, hadn't seen him. Mm-hmm. And caught up with him. I was like, I immediately Wikipedia the company. He was like, Oh yeah, we have we have a great space program. They were called. I guess it's not a big deal. Uh, there, there was Sierra and Nevada Corporation. I was like, What? And it's like, Yeah, we we send stuff to space. We're working on commercial, you know, space projects. You know, and people are. It's happening. Like in it, our lifetime, it's coming, man. It's coming. Is it going to yeah, happen no. next month or this year? Probably not, but sometime over the next few years, the next few decades, we're going to be back on the moon. We're going to be back. Uh, we're going to be on Mars for the first time. Uh, it's coming. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, about well, you it. know, I mean, you can join Space Force now. Space Force? It's true. You know, it's <laughs> Space Force. Isn't that what it's called? The United States it, Space Force? It's a real fucking thing. It's a real thing. And I think they're going to reveal something pretty big either at by the end of this year or, you know, Sometime next oh, year. Dude, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uniforms look like. Really? <laughs> the logo Probably is super cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at the logo and compare it to the Star Trek logo. It, it They almost <laughs> just directly copy and pasted it. So they're definitely going sure. for that futuristic type vibe. But absolutely, man. I think people lose sight of what Bitcoin really is at the end of the day. It's a way to transfer value anywhere in the world almost instantly uh, for virtually no fees. Without a bank, a central institution, a government, being able to have control over it. it. It's being your own bank and it's putting the power back in your pocket. And if you really understand the way that the economy works and that central banks function, it's a way to opt out of a corrupt system. That's what it really is at the end of the day. And people are, people are starting to wake up, man. Anytime the Absolutely. price flirts with ten thousand, uh, it's just such a big psychological thing. The buzz starts picking back up. I mean, my freaking aunt, who I t- have been telling about, you know, in her ear about Bitcoin since twenty thirteen, calls me up the other week. She's like, "Should I buy now? I'm talking to my broker. Should I buy now at ten k?" And of course, you know, I'm letting her know the price is probably going to come down a little bit from ten k. But I mean. The way to play this game is for the long term. Uh, it's for the long term hold. Now, of course, you can have a cold wallet, cold storage wallet that you're not going to touch, and a hot wallet, you know, for your for your day to day stuff. But I think a lot of the hardcore people in the space, you know, they they like having their their cold storage coin. That, like you said, they're not Absolutely. they're not selling until they can buy a house, until they can buy a car. Now, yes, of course, some coins I'll never sell in my lifetime, but 
For sure. If you think I'm not going to buy a house with, with a Bitcoin, oh, you're crazy. Of course I'm going to buy a freaking house with some Bitcoin, man. I can't wait for that day. Absolutely. That would be a monumental day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring over, I'm going to bring a housewarming gift. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to buy that housewarming gift with Bitcoin. Oh, uh, we're, we're having a party. We're having a housewarming uh, Bitcoin house party, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Another point I want to kind of bring up that you got me thinking about that was yeah. we're, we're talking about space travel and mm-hmm. transferred wealth and value, you know, not just, you know, across, you know, interstate or internationally, but interplanetary, intergalactically. Right. Because the gold bugs, I've been talking about gold as a store of value, store of value, and it's great and all, but we are going to be mining asteroids very yep. soon. Yep. What are you looking at? And there's asteroids that are completely made out of gold. Facts. So that is just going to, it's, it's not an unlimited supply. I mean, there's an unlimited supply of gold, more or less, you know, out in space. There's a ton of it in the ocean. Now, of course, it has a stock to flow ratio that changes, but not like Bitcoin. A lot of the gold bugs, and I like gold. I like precious metals. Mm. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin is just going to blow past it. It already has been. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just something to know. Something to know. I'm on the exact same page, man. I like gold. I'm on team gold. I have some physical gold. I think if you actually have physical gold right now, you're in a great spot because it's so hard to even touch physical gold right now. I just don't like how I don't even want to say his name and give him the free fucking advertising. But oh, no, no, yeah, I just yeah, hate yeah. how yeah, Peter, gotcha. Peter Schiff, you know, we're, we're going to say it. Fuck Peter Schiff. I just hate how Peter Schiff paints the picture that it's gold versus Bitcoin, when in reality, we're on the same team. It's sound money versus unsound money. And, you know, we're oh, both... he just does that for attention. You know, yeah, he, are, he owns Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, he did yeah. until he lost the fucking password. I mean, he definitely owned it at some point, not anymore. A reminder, good wallet, back up your passwords. Back up your private key. If you're going to be your own bank, you got to take responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. Do not keep your, you know, not, and at, the, not your at, the, at the blockchain center. Do you guys help people with that? Oh, of course, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, not much anymore in a in a military uh, lockdown state. But, dude, that's like one of my favorite things to do is watch people realize that aha moment. You know, just getting them, even if it's even if it's a, a desktop or a software wallet, and and they hear that first little bing. When the, when the Bitcoin comes through, just helping them see that aha moment and then, you know, helping teach them about using an actual hardware wallet and securing the keys, not your keys, not your coins. But, dude, yeah, that, that's a big part of what we do. Um, and, you know, we're still helping uh, people learn about it through our online education programs and all the online content that we, we bring to you guys for free. But I agree 100%. There's no better form of money set to dominate uh, the interplanetary uh, financial connectivity scene. You're not going to be able to send gold planet to planet. That's not feasible. But you can send Bitcoin through a satellite. Uh, it, it, Blockstream is already doing it. it. It's already been done. And like you said, once they start mining those asteroids, whew, gold price is going to take a hit. But, you know, 
unfortunately. And we have to pay those miners. We're going to have to send them Bitcoin. You know, exactly. we're not going to Western Union, I'm, you know, some Trump bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I know it's exciting times ahead. Exciting times ahead. Absolutely, man. Extremely bullish. Uh, had to bring you guys, you know, a special episode of the podcast here. Post having right around 10K, 2009 coins moving. We got Johnny Dollar back on. You know, we're, we're really putting in the work for you guys here. Uh, Johnny, any closing message to bring to the people anything that you're working on that you want to you know bring bring to light or highlight for them well you know i am uh, like i said i was part of the virtual rare art festival mm-hmm. and i've been working on a lot of tokenized digital art and they can check me out on my website giantdollar.biz that's my handle on instagram and i'm johnny dollar art on twitter and uh post corona come down to the blockchain center i got some art there yeah, no, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And, no problem, uh, Johnny. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. But guys, yeah, definitely check out Johnny's work. Uh, it's incredible. It really fits in to the themes that we've been talking about here today. You know, we have a whole wall here dedicated to him at the Blockchain Center. Fortunately, we're still closed at this time. You know, hopefully we'll be able to open up back soon so you can take it in. But in the meantime, head over to his website, johnnydollar.biz. Follow him on Instagram, Twitter check out his stuff. Thanks again so much for, for joining us. Johnny, uh, really appreciate you. Just want to shout out the, the whole team at Podtex. You know, we are proud to partner with the team at Podtex to bring you guys the best podcasting resources available. Uh, if you are interested in having your very own podcast, we can help take care of that for you. You can visit Podtex, P-O-D-T-E-C-H-S dot com slash Miami to find out more. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Bitcoin Center Miami Radio. And Johnny, thanks again for jumping on the show. Really appreciate that, man. Oh, great. Thanks. Well, stay safe, guys. And until next time, take care. Strategically located in downtown Miami's Emerging Business District, the Blockchain Center is the premier hub of the Americas for teaching, networking, and building the distributed future. Our mission is to manifest the mass adoption of blockchain technology and onboard the next 6 billion people to the global monetary revolution.